Chapter Three of the Awakening of Europe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Awakening of Europe by M. B. Singh. Chapter Three: A Wealth of Herrings. Commerce changes the fate and genius of nations. T. Gray. It has been said that the Crusades did more for the Netherlands than perhaps the Netherlands did for the Crusades. Thousands of ignorant, half-civilized Hollanders left their cold, wet homes in the north to feast their eyes upon the sunny land of Syria. From their huts and rude lives they came into contact with great cities, such as Constantinople and Alexandria. They saw houses of marble and Greek statues, they met men of learning and scholars of Greece and Rome. For the first time they saw the use of linen sheets, carpets, soap, and spices. All the refinement and luxury of the East, the golden sunshine, the brilliant dresses, came before the Hollanders and dazzled them, after their dull lives and overcast climate. They returned home full of new wants. They, too, must have linen sheets and pillowcases, they, too, must make their food pleasant with the spices of the East. They must build more ships to send round to Venice. They must trade by the overland route to the Queen of the Adriatic, and establish closer relations with the East. Changes, too, passed over the landscape of Holland. The idea of the windmill was brought back from the East. To make their rough winds work, as they blew over the flat land, commended itself to the Hollanders and very soon hundreds of windmills were working all over the country. Today they stand in thousands, like sentinels keeping guard over the land. Not only do they pump water, but they saw wood, grind grain, help to load and unload the boats, and hoist burdens. Just as the lazy rivers were made to work, so the wind has been made to do its share too, and these mills played a very large part in the commerce that at this time arose in the Netherlands. It was natural that a people living in constant conflict with the sea should seek their livelihood in fishing and spend much of their time on the water. From the earliest times they were a seafaring people. Holland is an island, wrote an old historian, inhabited by a brave and warlike people, who have never been conquered by their neighbors, and to prosecute their commerce on every sea. So the Hollanders built their ships, and fished their creeks and inlets, and did a thriving trade in herrings. Early in the fourteenth century there lived a man called Bokels. He was unknown and poor, but he made a great discovery, which did much to enrich his country. He found out how to keep herrings by curing them, so that they could be packed in barrels and exported. Herrings were a very valuable food in those days, when the church demanded much fasting for her members. For a long time the Hollanders kept the herring fish to themselves. They sailed across to the British coast opposite, and fished in the bays and inlets of Scotland, and they became rich. The foundations of Amsterdam are laid on herring bones, they used to say of one of their most wealthy towns. So herring fishery helped to lay the foundation of the wealth of the Netherlands. But there were soon other sources of wealth. 
Flax was brought back from Egypt and grown in Holland, until Dutch flax became famous all over Europe. Linen factories sprang up. Tablecloths, shirts, handkerchiefs were manufactured. For a long time, linen sheets, pillowcases, and shirts were used only by kings and nobles. They were rough and dark-colored, but the Dutch studied the art of bleaching, till all over Europe the finest linen, white as snow, was known as Holland. The ground around Harlem was used largely for this purpose of bleaching, or spreading out the sheets of linen in the sun, till the country looked as if a snowstorm had whitened the earth. The wool trade, carried on chiefly in the south of the Netherlands, was a source of power, and the Flemish weavers were famous throughout Europe. The towns of Ghent and Bruges had long been centers of importance. They were among the richest towns in Europe. From foreign lands came raw material to be made up here. Every year the famous Northern Squadron from Venice visited the neighborhood. It was the great marketplace of English wool, and thrived until that day when Vasco da Gama found the route to India by the Cape of Good Hope. Then, with Venice, the famous cities of Kent and Bruges fell. Grass grew in the fair and pleasant streets of Bruges, and seaweed clustered about the marble halls of Venice. The next city to rise to great importance was Antwerp, which soon became the commercial capital, not only of the Netherlands, but of the whole world. This was under Charles V, one of the greatest figures in the early part of the sixteenth century, whom it will be interesting now to know. End of chapter 3